0: Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're Cutting Through the Matrix on the 16th of April, 2010. For the newcomers out there, I always suggest at the beginning of the show that you should go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You'll find hundreds of audio talks I've given over the years, which you can download for free. And while you're there, you can also look into the articles I have for sale, the books I have for sale, the CDs and discs and so on, and that might just help me take over a little bit longer. Uh, Remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use personal checks to order the books or the discs. You can also use an international postal money order from the post office. You've got to ask for the international one. You can also use MoneyGram Western Union Cash or PayPal. There's a PayPal donate button on the website. Just uh do your little sums, as they say, and figure out what you you would need, send it through the donation and a separate email with the order and your name and address and I'll get it out to you. As I say some people do send cash and uh that gets through without a problem too. For the rest of the world, the same idea PayPal for ordering or donating, separate email along with the PayPal or uh, donation for an order, MoneyGram, Western Union, Cash, uh, or, uh, as I say, PayPal for for the final one, too. It's up to you how you want to do it. And for those who get the disc burned and passed to them, you can always uh, write to me at Alan Watt, Site41, Box4, Estaire, E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P for Peter, the number 3, E for Elizabeth, the number four, N for Nora, and the number one, P3E4N1. But you have to really, as I say, help me out because you are the listeners that bring me to you. I'm not pushed forward by companies, corporations, or guys selling anything. That's how the hosts make their money. And uh, this way, I've got a free hand in what I can talk about. so I don't feel kind of compromised and, or kind of shy off of t- certain topics. So it's up to you to keep me going and uh, that's the only way, as I say, I trickle through. This is not a a, a one hour per night uh, talk I give here. I do an awful lot more during the day. It's not just preparation for this. I don't prepare for this at all. I've got too much other things to do, too many other things to do uh, with keeping the the satellites uh, going and the whole thing and uh, keeping the computers working, uh, getting back to emails and all that kind of stuff. And running it up and down to the post office, so that takes my day away, and I don't finish till about two in the morning sometimes, and sometimes longer, depending on the net speed that I get for a satellite upload, and which is sometimes down to twice dial-up, basically, even though I'm paying for high speed. Uh, the you here on this show are paid by advertisers straight to RBN. I have nothing to do with it, and that pays for the airtime and the broadcast. It pays for the equipment, staff, and their bills. So you've got to keep me going if you like this kind of format and you feel you're getting something out of it. I try not to go into the stories where we're meant to just simply react, like, look what they're doing to us now. That's the common stuff. That's what the mainstream media does. That's what they do. They never give you suggestions. They never show you what's behind it and, uh, and what's coming down the pike next. Uh, they just give you what's happening now and and how indignant you should be oh my goodness look what they have done to us and that gets us nowhere this is this is just uh, paddling in the water paddling in the water and you're going against the stream you're you're getting no further forward i try to show you what's behind all of this and to show you the real system in which you live that's really what it's about showing you the the true system under which you live and believe you me, it's not democracy, it's not republicanism as you know it. I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're Cutting Through the Matrix explaining that uh, the, the world works completely differently from the, the way you've been indoctrinated to think it works. In fact, most folk are very vague on how they, they think it works. Uh, the closest thing can get to it is that uh, politicians somehow steer this uh, unwieldy ship on some zigzag course to some vague destination, and that's about all they really know about it. That's the majority of the general public. They've been trained to leave everything to experts, and it's odd, too, that they actually see politicians as being experts, because when you look at the backgrounds of politicians and what they were involved in, uh, you're as well as getting your local plumber or electrician and putting them as head of this or head of that in the government because they'd know as much about it as the rest of the politicians. Uh, and that's no kidding. That is no kidding. It's the, bureau- the bureaucrats who know what's going on. They're, they're there for life. They have their special departments they know the mandates under the the United Nations programs uh, they have their their bosses who are often members of the CFR or members of of the top bosses for bureaucracies are often uh, mem- uh, road scholars themselves and uh, they know it's a world agenda and they know it's co- it's called conology and they're quite happy to hand the little scripts to the to the members of or or, or of parliament or the congress to read to the press because these politicians haven't got a clue. If you get someone who really, as uh, uh, as I've seen it here in Canada and in Britain, a politician who's one week they're Minister of the Environment, uh, the next month or so they're they're the Minister of Corrections and Prisons and stuff like that. So I mean, they they obviously are no different than the average person. They're not running the country. In other words, they're there to take the heat. And to make the acquaintances because afterwards they become lobbyists, they all know each other, and they get direct access into, to, you know, get the, the government grants for big corporations. Big corporations live on corporate welfare, uh, funded by the taxpayer. And they get uh, the, the governments to, to buy onto big pharma and to make sure that the governments will guarantee five or ten years of purchasing of a a particular vaccine. Stuff like that. Big bucks. That's where the big money is, you see. And politicians really are are more of a low-level psychopath, uh, not the brightest generally. And that's why um, even the, the ones who become presidents and prime ministers need all these people around them, handlers, uh, who are, they call them advisors, but they're actually handlers to make sure that, uh, they don't go, get too psychopathic and blurt things out, uh, that, uh, don't go too, down too well with the public. Although they really have to be pretty bad for the public to catch on. And that's no kidding. Um, but that's how the world really works, you know. And democracy as we know it is a sham. Remember that government is an idea. Something that you take for granted. Uh, mainly through the conditioning of fear. That's how it really works. Uh, you, you, you think government is some kind of natural being, uh, and yet it's, it's an abstract idea. Technically, the public have to agree to it for it even to exist. I mean, if everyone said no to everything, uh, what are they going to do, lock the whole nation up in prison? You, you see, it's, it's, it's an impossibility. Even if they turned all their troops on the general public for some reason or other and all their police uh, What they're going to do just just kill the whole population off around them. It's impossible So really what you have is a symbiosis of psychopaths at the top and what's called the masses down below them Lots of people amongst the masses um kind of like socialism socialism is where your world is planned for you your life is planned for you and uh you pay most of what you earn into taxes and you get something back if you ever get sick or 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 whatever happens down the road that's the kind of the insurance policy and a lot of people like um like that they like the feeling that there's there's uh, superior people going to look after them if they ever need it you see and um lots of people don't like making decisions in their own lives in fact they don't like taking chances or risks. And uh, unfortunately, since the industrial West went through the industry, industrial period, they became more socialized. Uh, when I was young, people uh, of the previous generation had often worked in the same factories or mines for their whole lives. And they really thought they were onto a good thing, no matter what kind of awful work they were doing, because... It was guaranteed work, and they'd work through 20, 30 years towards a pension. And that's all they talked about was their pensions. When I get old enough, I'll get the pension. And what most of them actually croaked around the time they were eligible for their pensions. But it didn't matter. That That conditions you towards being managed that lifetime of work like that. That's all gone now, and, of course, in the 70s, even before that, they started to put out uh, conditioning to the public. Oh, down the road shortly, you'll need two or three jobs to keep going. Because they had it planned, you see, that they were going to amalgamate Europe, and they were training uh, thousands and thousands of Chinese in the Western countries and universities uh, for the, the factories that they never had at the time uh, because they planned to give them factories through the GATT Treaty. Yet all your politicians signed your, your your work away from you, over to China. Uh, there's no referendums about that, and so no, none of the public were asked what they thought about it. In fact, they weren't even told about it. They were just told there was something called GATT, and it was something to do with the economics. And, uh, and so what they're left with, really, is a service economy. Most people will, will, will truly accept anything. So getting back to the symbiosis... You've got the psychopaths at the top who love to, to live very high on the hog, as they say, and off of the taxpayer. And they like to be kowtowed to and bowed to and dine very well and have nice titles given to them. And, and some countries call them honorables and your lordship and stuff like that. You know, something, a relic from ancient times, but they love that kind of stuff. And they like to get knighted by the Queen. Even the American ones like to go over and get knighted by the Queen. I think Bush Senior did, and Kissinger, and even one of the mayors in New York went over too and got his little knighthood. And they like that kind of stuff because they're 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 servile psychopaths. They 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 really do worship power. Psychopaths crave power, and they literally treat like gods have, those who have power above them. And they hate those, as inferior as those who've, who have lesser power beneath them. That's the history of, of, of uh, psychopathy, basically. But the, those who think, and those who can think for themselves and figure things out, um, and who don't want power over other people, and at the same time they don't like what's happening in the world, they don't, li- don't like being forced to go along with the crowd, you might say, uh, you understand that the, the masses are just as much of a problem as the elite's. Because the masses are used for something which they call democracy. Democracy is not majority rule. Don't believe that con. Because the masses are guaranteed to vote the way they're told to by those in charge, the elite. And then you're forced to go along with them. Now, what's your problem, sir? Everyone else goes along with this. What's your problem? You see, that's what you're told. If you're a thinker and you can actually verbalize what's actually really happening, and you have the data that can come out of your mouth. So you don't really fit into either system of the elites. You don't want to be a psychopath. You don't want to join their clubs, and, and you don't want to rule over people. And uh, you're not sadistic enough to enjoy pain from others. And you don't want to be one of the general public either, who walk around munching their chips, getting awful fat, eating this GMO stuff, and and just staring at TV and talking about the trivia that's fed into them. They, they're gone. That was also shown in the Matrix movie, where they go into the practice Matrix, where Morpheus takes Neo in, and he, he says to them, you know, all these people around you are ordinary people, uh, but they're your enemy as much as the the, the, the bad guys, Smith, Smith and those guys, because until they wake up, they're a danger to you. In other words, the elite count on those people who are perfectly conditioned to to, snip, to, to snipe on other people, to to uh, tell tales on their neighbors and stuff. There's a lot of that going on now, and it's being encouraged by those at the top, because you can always count on the masses. You also find, too, uh, when you go into totalitarian systems, as we are now, we're well into it, in fact, uh, and, and across the world, more so in, uh, more, it's more blatant in other countries like the UK than it is so far in the US, although they're, they're catching up in the US. Um, but you'll find that petty jealousies even with neighbours and stuff are enough to get you turned in. They'll make something up and in come the stormtroopers. That, that's old stuff because it's happened in every totalitarian system down through history. So once again, the masses are counted on by uh, those who charge, are in charge, because I'm not, I'm not talking about the politicians, I'm talking about those like the, 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 the social scientists, the banks and banks and banks of them that are employed by governments to ensure the indoctrination process via education, via marketing, via everything you see on television gets through to them. They're perfectly conditioned, the masses, and you really cannot trust them for anything. And for those who've truly studied uh, what's been going on their whole lives, uh, you know you don't fit in. You can't talk to ordinary people. It's almost like listening to rap music. You have the same headache when you're listening to a bunch of people talking about the trivia that's fed into them. Or saying what a wonderful day it is when, if you just look up, there's about 50 chemtrails above their heads. They're, They're completely oblivious of any kind of reality outside of their their their, their total conditioning, their perfect conditioning. And so therefore they're gone. They are gone. I still get people who email me, ask me when the big one's coming down. And I've been saying for years, what are you talking about? You're living through, you're, you're always living through it. Each part that's introduced of the big world system, the totalitarian system, is all part of the big whole. But they're still expecting some kind of Armageddon to come. They they, they haven't really noticed what's been going on. Not really. All you have to do is is use simple maths. Add up everything, every major thing that's happened in your lifetime. And especially since 2001, which it become really evident to most people. And... uh, equals what? What does it come out with? you have to guess about it? I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix. People also get confused with socialism, communism, Nazism, and in reality they all have the same characteristics. In fact, the Western countries, which at that time in the 30s were called fascist, technically, it was a combination then of big corporations and government combined. Uh, They helped to fund, long before that, the setup of communism. And literally the banks funded the the rise of communism. Well documented. Uh, Anthony Sutton and others have written about this. And uh, it hasn't never been denied either. And um, because what the, the system that they want to bring in, and the bankers especially want to bring in, is, is a system where there can never be any questions about what they're doing, never an inquiry or anything like that. And uh, and they like a system where they rule at the top. Every country uh, and the prime minister or every president goes to the to their federal bank or the international bankers, cap in hand, and borrows cash. You see. And it's supposed to be all this big, complicated thing, and there's nothing so simple as really as, as money. It's nothing so simple. But uh, it's it's uh, wrapped up in a pseudoscience, and whenever you have a, pseudo, a pseudoscience, you know you're being conned. If the average person can understand a simple mathematical equation, then there's a con going on. And what they do is, like any other science, they, they create a lot of terminology that only they didn't themselves really understand, That's a prerequisite for any kind of science because you don't want the layperson understanding what you're saying. Same in medicine or any other field too. And they try to do the same thing with economics and banking and all the rest of it. But a rip-off is a rip-off and gangsters are gangsters. And it's as simple as that. And when countries literally at the mercy of these characters and they have us all, apparently, and our pension money and all the other monies that we put into government uh, running in a big, giant world casino... I mean, we're actually told this, and we believe it. We're supposed to believe it, with a straight face, we believe this, that all that cash is going in some never-never land, some virtual reality, uh, on a big roulette wheel, uh, because all these guys have sold off the debt of the country to certain peoples, and it's all just whirling around there, getting bought and sold, bought and sold, and sometimes it just goes down and crash, that is it. It's a game over and then we're all kicked out the casino and they take your drinks off you and all that stuff and kick you out the door. Well, that's literally the rubbish we're told uh, as far as economics go goes and how the world system, this, this respectable system we live in of bankers. Bankers have been crook since the beginning of time. Money is a con game to begin with. At one time there was no money. We keep forgetting that. There was no money and people lived in small tribes. Most folk were nomadic at one time They were always on the move Sometimes they had semi-permanent uh, settlements Little villages where, where women or pregnant women would stay And elderly would stay But they, they would take their animals off In some tour winter and summer different pastures And back again they traded for what they wanted to Through barter Anyone who tried to conquer them, they just fought back. They didn't have to go to a law court to see if they should go and kill them. They just did it. Someone wanted to steal your land or your cattle, you killed them. That was, that was the law of nature. And they often elected chiefs, you see, for, for temporary periods. And if a chief got too high and mighty and decided he wanted the job for a lot longer and he wanted to have extra service and live better than the rest of them, He couldn't call an army out because he didn't have an army. Uh, Therefore, the tribal people would just gang up and kill him. They got rid of him, you see. So psychopaths were spotted pretty early on and and bumped off, and that was the end of the gene pool. That's how it really really worked in the ancient world. But once they got into money, you see, a different thing happened. Because then the, the head honcho, could, especially when they trained everyone that you really need this stuff, That was the the biggest trick of all, was getting the people to accept and use money. Some countries fought for centuries before they would use money. And the ones that fought them were the ones who were already forced into using them. Armies were recruited, you need money to recruit armies. And guys will go off and kill and get paid for it, you see. Before that, you couldn't get that done. And therefore, they'd use those armies of conquered countries to go off and conquer the next country and force money upon them. And it's a trick to get back your labor from you through taxation. Eventually, people thought they couldn't do without money. Uh, You know, in Scotland, even in the 1500s and 1600s, in the Highlands, they still often traded nails in lieu of money. Because nails were practical things, you could use them. You see? So, money itself is the con. Plato talks about this. Because Plato knew uh, that the elite lived on this big contract, and the international banking societies were already on the go back in Plato's day. Aristotle, in fact, uh, was married to an international banker's daughter, a guy who lived in the Middle East and funded wars and things. And Plato said, it's far better for us elite, we elite, you see, um, to... To have the public sit, uh, think we're servants. And eventually we won't have to buy our own homes and castles and live very, very well. And at the moment we do, he says, we have to pay for that things that are broken and lost. We have upkeep, all that kind of stuff. We have to pay for everything. It's far better to get the public to pay for it all. We'll be the ones who guide them. They'll be taught that they need us. And therefore they'll pay for, to buy the castles and maintain them and replace broken stuff or worn out stuff and look after the horses and all come from a public purse, you see. That's what the New World Order is actually based on, this this, this particular concept, where everyone will serve the world states, but those who live in the, the new big castles will be served awfully better than anyone else. I'll be back with more after this break. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth hi folks this is Alan Watt we're cutting through the matrix just talking briefly about money it's such a a deep deep uh, very ancient uh, history it's got you can't go over this in a few minutes basically but uh As I say, money is the greatest con trick ever devised. Uh, And that's why Rothschild said, he said, give me the charge of the nation's money and I care not who rules the nation. Because he knew from long experience and the history from his fathers and fathers before them that whoever runs the money system runs the system, runs the entire system and everything underneath it. Every, Every prime minister goes cap in hand every year. For, to the, the borrowing house to borrow cash, and he puts down the public, the general population, as the collateral. You're the you guarantee that you will work off that through through uh, taxation. That's how it all is. Very very simple. It's, it's really a form of slavery, and it's accepted as normal now because we've all been trained into it. And people will actually turn on other people if it comes down to starvation and stuff like that through the lack of cash and they'll feud between each other for, for money, money, money. But what you also find, too, is when they're altering their system into another new part of the New World Order, New World Order Part 10 or 11 or whatever we're in today, uh, they become totalitarian, and uh, they hire more of the general public and dress them up in nasty-looking outfits and make them very aggressive to control the rest of the populace, to keep them in check as you go into the new part of a more perfected uh, con system. It's interesting when they had the riots in New York back in the 1800s uh, during the Civil War, where the mayor in Tammany Hall said, he says, well, we can always hire half the poor to kill the other half. Because, see, they'd always done that. That's how it's always been. It's always been this way. Because the people believe that money is true wealth. And they've lost their connection to any other way of existing. Can't imagine any other way of existing. Terrifies folk to be poor. We're taught to be terrified of poverty, financial poverty. No one will want to know you. If you get sick, you can't pay for anything, you're doomed. And you know darn well you're in the bottom of the heap, even if you have a healthcare system, you're on the D list to do not resuscitate, you know. You have no value to their social system. In the Middle Ages too, it was very, very common for intellectual mercenaries to hire themselves to kings, who were often not terribly bright. They were psychopathy but not terribly bright. And these intellectual psychopaths, who hired themselves out like the Machiavellis, had been trained in arcane schools in how to manage populations, really how to manage their perceptions of things, and they knew every cunning way to manage the general public. Today they're called advisors in public relations. Prior to that, they were called propagandists. But, as I say, the whole trick of money is nothing but a trick. And anyone who thinks, anyone who thinks you can plead with these guys to change into being good, be good, could you not just be good and bring us in a good system, an honest system of money, you're, I don't know where, you're a different planet. Because these guys have been ruthless all down through history. Power has never voluntarily given itself up, ever. doesn't happen, folks especially among psychopaths. And especially, they aren't going to lower their way of living to share it with anyone. It's you that's supposed to share what they call your wealth with the rest of the world under the New World Order, this this you know, pseudo-Marxist scheme they've got. But they're not going to share their wealth or bring down their standard of living. They're not not going to go out in bicycles because you're not allowed to drive. No, they'll be going around in their little leader jets all over the planet to their little parties where they chit-chat amongst each other and talk about the incredible rip-offs that have pooled over the public. Little polite tee-hee-hees and stuff like that. The British ones go guffaw, guffaw. That's what they do. So, basically, you're looking at chronology via psychopaths who understand perfectly well the public stand and scratch their head when they think about money. And if you ask them about any other way of doing it, oh, well, we don't know. And they're petrified of any kind of change in it in case of a temporary lapse and they have to literally um, survive in other ways or, or actually really get along with each other during the temporary crisis when you bring out a new structure. That's why they'll keep the evil structure in place. You can count on the masses. Here's a typical article here. This is from Bloomberg, April the 14th. Uh, Fed, the Federal Reserve shouldn't reveal the crisis loans banks vowed to tell the High Court. So here's a banker who's telling the, the, the High Courts, uh, that, that they shouldn't reveal the, the, the crisis loans or where it went and how it was spent and all the rest of it. There's their democracy. Different strokes for different folks, eh? Different laws. Nothing will happen out of it. Nothing, nothing really worth talking about. Certainly never any truth. And they put a a bunch of commissioners up there who will sit and nod their head and come to some conclusion and find, well, there's no real wrongdoing. There was just some mismanagement and chat, 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 because they're all in the payroll of the same system being handsomely rewarded. Here's an article here from Raw Story on the same thing. Now, this is boring to me because I've read stacks and stacks of books going back over a few hundred years on the same cons, you see. At Knowing they'll never change, because they rule. Friday, April the 16th, 2010, from the raw story, the the U.S. charges Goldman Sachs with fraud. Okay, Now that's meant to get us all upset. I don't get upset when I read these things and say, my God, look what they've done to us. I know I don't bother with that. It's common to me. It's just the never-ending story. The Securities and Exchange Commission has charged investment banking titan Goldman Sachs with civil fraud over a prepackaged mortgage instrument they say was designed to fail. Now, here's a great con they're explaining here. It's in the the different papers, New York Times, Washington Post and all that, but they go into more detail here. You see, this, this was a con that these guys, these psychopaths, intellectual ones, had figured out how to make money. You'd never dream this up. You cannot get into their mindset how they dream up these stings or these falls and profit from them. They profit when they sink countries. So anyway, it says um, Goldman Sachs create, created a derivative called the Abacus Company, 2007 ACI or AC1. In response to requests from a hedge fund manager who predicted that the housing market would collapse and wanted to bet against it. They make money on bets against misfortunes, you see. The trader, John Paulson, later earned $3.7 billion for his wager. Not bad, eh, for a bet. Especially when you know you'd rigged it to happen. According to the New York Times, which has first revealed details of the Abacus case, the instrument was among 25 Goldman created so that clients could bet against the housing market. As the Abacus deals plunged in value, Goldman and certain hedge funds made money on their negative bets, so they set them up knowing they'd fail, put bets on them knowing they'd fail because it'd make them fail, and they came out the winners. All the investors lost. This is standard procedure with these creeps. This is while the Goldman clients who bought the $10.9 billion in investments lost billions of dollars. These guys set you up and then pull out and then they, they'll laugh up their sleeves. Goldman let Mr. Paulson select mortgage bonds that he wanted to bet against. The ones he believed were most likely to lose value and packaged those bonds into Abacus 2007-AC1. According to the SEC complaint, Goldman then sold the Abacus deal to investors like foreign banks, pension funds, insurance companies and other hedge funds. But the deck was stacked against the Abacus investors, the complaint contends, because the investment was filled with bonds chosen by Mr. Paulson as likely to default. They said up a company with, with, uh, with companies they knew they were going to lose sold the darn thing off and watched it go down, but they made money off the bet that they actually would go down, including pensions and all It's all right. Why should they worry about that? Goldman told investments in Abacus marketing materials reviewed by the Times that the bonds would be chosen by an independent manager. But apparently they weren't. Uh, Fabrice Tour, a vice president at Goldman, who helped design and market Abacus, was also named in the SEC suit. 84% 84% of Abacus's mortgage bonds would be downgraded within five months of their sale. By the end of 2007, Paulson's credit hedge fund soared 590% and Goldman's clients lost billions. Goldman reportedly targeted specific mortgage bonds at Paulson's request that Paulson felt were most likely to lose their golden credit ratings, which would trigger a payout for his firm. You can't understand this corn. You have to sit down and figure this. It's so easy, actually. But most of it will, will, will go over their heads. They can't figure out this this, this con, con trick. Goldman did not immediately comment on the suit. The company's shares fell more than 10% on the news. That won't matter to them. They're one of the biggest uh, companies in the planet. They can't lose, you see, these guys. They've got every government in their pockets. So that that's just one common common story in the long histories of stories of these creeps who... Have, have minds which are not uh, linear like yours. They're taught, they're brought up actually not to be linear. They can think around three different corners at the same time, as we all should be able to do actually, but we've, it's been trained out of us through education. But not these guys, they have it. That's why they can see the opportunity in everything, how to do the, the, the deal uh, almost instinctively. And you have to really sit and try and figure it out. Never mind the moral imprecations, but remember too, inbred psychopaths at the top who run this whole industry and all the, the helpers they have with the psychopathic politicians down through the years, uh, they, they, they have no moral qualms about anything. That's absent in the psychopathic personality. Absent. I watched a documentary recently where a stock trader, a guy who worked on the stock floor, was interviewed and he was asked about what happened, what was his feelings when 9 11 happened. And he was on the stock floor room that, that day. And he says, he says, the first thing that jumped into his mind when he, the towers were hit, he says, I'm terribly sorry about this, says, it wasn't the, the horror. No, it, it was, he says, gold is going to skyrocket in value. That's how they see things. Rothschild said the same thing back in 1800s. They said, when's the best time to make money? When's the best time to make opportunities? It says, when the blood is flowing in the streets. They see it and, and, and wait. see, they have no emotional qualms. The psychopath doesn't have emotion as you know it. They have emotion for what they want in life for themselves to do with their ego, but they can't relate to you and your emotion. And they seem, its like they are the top predators in the world. This system is their system. You're living in. You live in a system designed by them, with money which they run. And every other psychopath that doesn't have the money works their way up because into power because they crave power and they want into the big kitty where the big cash is, the taxpayers' cash. So it's natural in every generation they always get to the top. Ordinary folk will never get up there because it's ruthless on the way up. If you can't be utterly ruthless, you'll, you'll be destroyed. If you don't join the gang at the top and, and say, oh, I see what you're doing with this, these little cons. It's kind of unethical, but I'll go along with it. If you can't compromise with them, they'll set you up and get you out. It's one big club like that. That's how the world is Really run. Really run. And that's why generation after generation will vote party after party, left, right, left, right. until It's like a tennis match, isn't it? Until your, your, your head's fallen off and nothing changes. And the same world agendas set up by the Council on Foreign Relations and the UN carry forward. Never changes, never falters. And once they're in power, they always tell you, go, go off in a different direction than the ones they promise you. Because, you see, ordinary folk just need that. Promises. I think Paul Ehrlich said that when these guys said that years ago. It's such a sham now politics. The creation of, by PR uh, companies, of an image of a politician, a completely fake image that's projected onto the public. And they swallow it. And all he has to do is give the public promises. And that's good enough. In other words, I feel your pain. As long as he acknowledges the problems in society, you vote him in. Where he goes with it, you know, he'll go with it the way he's told to go with it because he's not the boss. He must go along with the pre-designed format and the direction. World totalitarian government run by the fascist elite at the top using a communistic collectivism and with a massive bureaucracy to create the planned society at the bottom. That's what it really is. There was a dream of Hitler, it was a dream of Lenin, it was a dream of every tyrant down through the ages. And the public go along with it. Because they're terrified of taking chances. They're terrified of actually helping each other out in a major crisis, in a transition period, if you could even get to a new honest system. They're too terrified even to chance what might happen to them personally in the process. And that's what the big boys know. They count on that, guaranteed. It's like strikes. So what happens with strikes? Well, some of them will go on strike. Most of them will go on strike because they're in a big union now. They've got power. But there's always those alternatives. turns well, you know, I don't know. The wife will kill me, and you know. And then the bosses used to appeal to the wives. Presidents and prime ministers were appealing to them right through the twenties and the thirties. You know, don't sleep with your husbands. You know, give him give them hell when he goes home and get him out to work. They did that in ancient Rome too, where the Caesars would tell them to t- t- tell them, don't don't sleep with your husbands. Ancient stuff. They used it on the black slaves in America as well. When they were getting a bit uppity or slow, go slow. They they couldn't go and strike, so they went slow. Old stuff. We are so well understood and well managed, it's it's unbelievable. And then they bring in scab laborers, they say. Other guys brought in from other places who were even more hungry than the guys who went and strike. And they turn people against people all the time. And they can do it any time they want in any society Outside of strikes, even just turning parts of society against other parts of society, they always got to have chaos going on, because they can justify their existence at the top by saying, "See, you just can't get on. You need us in authority. We're the guys who who tell you what to do and 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 make you safe. Make you safe. That's the real the real world you live in. You got elastic money." One day you can buy this with the same dollar, the next day it's this. Elastic, stretch and shrink. According to some dictates of some guy at the top. Utter chronology, And the whole world is living in debt. What is debt? Even every holy book tells you is called slavery, folks. Hasn't changed in the law books, it's still slavery. And when you see Uh, intergenerational slavery that is slavery according to even the Old Testament we want your your, your offspring and their offspring and their offspring until that debt is paid Jefferson himself said the same thing any generation born into a pre-existing debt from a previous generation is therefore de facto a slave generation back with more after this break I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the Matrix, again injecting some reality into into lives that we take for granted, at least in the system that we live in. And people keep thinking they can fix the system uh, through pleading and uh, using law and all that kind of stuff. And it's been tried for so long, it's a, it's a joke actually, because you're living in a corrupt system that's, that goes under the pretense of being a, a legal and just system. Remember, anything can be made legal Uh, Chopping folks' heads off But the guillotine can be made legal as well Depends who's making the laws And that's really what it is We're taught that the ultra-respectable people are at the top But they're the biggest con men of all That's why they're at the top And when you're wealthy And you can use money, as I say You can hire armies, you can hire cops You can hire thugs You can train them to be thugs even It's nothing new in that It's a science in itself that's obedience to authority. And uh, and they'll, for the paycheck again, for the money, this thing called money, they'll beat everybody else's heads. And as I say, you can always hire half the poor to kill the other half. Uh, an old dictum used down through the ages. And and people can't even figure out what money is. Except we better go along with everybody that's telling us, giving us a new orders or we might lose what jobs we have, or we might lose our way of living, or we'll be utterly poor. And that's the big black uh, uh, blackmail that we have hanging over our heads. Everyone's got it. We all live under it. We all live under it, you see. In ancient times, as I say, um, when the first money came in, and it took over a century and a half, almost 200 years, to convince public to use it, even in the ancient world, once it was in, then they had to create cities, you see, because in a city you make nothing. You don't, you, can't, you don't grow anything in a city. All you do is either trade stuff, and of course it's much easier to get them to use money to trade stuff between themselves. They were, they were technically useless. And the first ancient cities were set up by those who managed the agricultural slaves around them. Agriculture, in fact, started with slaves, using slaves when some of the nomadic people decided to settle down. And, and then to manage them, you need administrators, and you build towns or little walled cities of administrators, and they must use the money system amongst themselves. Then they spread it outwards, outwards and outwards, until everyone uses it. doesn't matter if it's porcupine quills, gold, silver, um, uh, shrunken heads. It makes no difference what it is they'll tell you this is legal tender or blips on a computer screen. And there's always a big con going on at the top. Remember, a price is an idea as well. Government's an idea. A price is someone's idea. A profit, how much profit is someone's idea? And yet it's almost in our heads, it seems to be fixed in stone as some kind of natural law like gravity. We are trained into a fake existence to serve a pre-existing system of chronology. And very, very few people ever figured that out. Rothschild himself said the only ones who will figure this out are the ones working in the financial system. They'll figure out it's all a scam, living off the backs of everyone else below. But he says they'll never give the game away because those people, the economists and accountants, will be making such a good living off it too. Hence your politicians, your multi-millionaire and billionaire left wing, and your multi-billionaire right wing. It's all the same. It's a show for the public, to mask the true rulers of the world. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.